Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. On today's episode, we are joined by Chris Peters for another draft profile, this time on Gabe Perot and why he is flying up the draft boards and if he might actually be creeping out of range, back into range uh, for the Sharks, especially if they happen to fall in the uh, draft lottery. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen, proudly a part of the Locked On Network, where we cover your team every day, and we are back to kick off uh, draft week. Um, just a coverage of the draft as we get closer and closer to the draft, especially with the draft lottery happening Monday night. Uh, so we're going to be focusing on the draft this week. So I want to thank you guys for making part of Locked On Sharks your first listen. Of course, you can follow along wherever you get podcasts and watch this on YouTube. So we have uh, Chris Peters, who's on to talk about Gabe Perot, who has, like I said, been flying up the draft boards recently. Um, an amazing year, a great U18s, and kind of creeping out of the back end of the first round, back into the top and you know the, the first half of the first round. And if the Sharks, worst case scenario, fall to six, could he be a potential pick at number six? So uh, we, without further ado, let's uh, get, be joined by uh, Chris Peters to talk about Gabe Perot. And now we bring in the grand poobah of flow uh, hockey, Chris Peters. Chris, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going well. Uh, grand Poobah, that is a that is a new title, but I'll take uh, it. You, I think you, <laughs> next contract negotiation, you should definitely bring that one up. Yeah, grand Poobah. Yeah. Yes. All right. So we have Chris Peters on to talk about uh, Gay Perot. Uh, if you're not, don't know who Gay Perot is. He is a forward with the USNTDP program, 5'11", 165 pounds, uh, in 62 games this year, scored uh, roughly a million points, had 62 <laughs> or had 53 goals, 79 assists, 213 shots, was part of that uh, deadly, deadly uh, USA line in the under-18s. Um, so let's start with what makes Gay Perot such an interesting prospect. Well, I mean, you certainly look at the production first and you say, how is that possible? 132 <laughs> points um, and the previous high. So the previous high of of that whole NTDP, Austin Matthews, 117 points. Gabe Perot had 132 points. Like he shattered it. He shattered the record. Yes. Um, and honestly, you know, Jack Hughes, fell a point shy of that record. You know, other guys have, have, have mm. not come close, you know, but Gabe Perot did that. And then Will Smith on his line also did that. Um, but, you know, what makes him stand out in terms of a, as a player is, I, you know, I think he's one of the most intelligent hockey players in this class. You know, his hockey sense is off the charts. It really is. Um, he processes the game at a very high speed. He um, makes decisions with the puck that are often the correct ones and and certainly ones that you might not have even expected. Um, you know, I think that he is a very good 
gifted distributor of the puck. But then he also has scoring ability. You know, he he scored 53 really? goals this year. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like, that's that's the other thing. Like, not a lot of guys, I think fewer than 10 players ever have scored 50 goals in a season um, at the NTD. I think it might now be 11 because they had three guys do it this year. Um, you know, so it was or four guys, including Cole Eiserman, the underager. So this this is a pretty significant, you know, kind of thing. Now, the thing about Gabe Perot, too, is that you know he played on that big line. There's certainly an element of playing with good players, benefiting, you know, at least in the points department from playing with really good players, play with Will Smith and Ryan Leonard. Um, but to you know, there were you could watch any different game, and one of those three players was the best player on the ice every time. So um it's it's been a very interesting journey. I think this is a player that a lot of people had doubts in terms of how high he could go into the draft. Um, and now all of a sudden, you know, it's like, how is he not going to go in the top 15? How is he not going to go? You know, there was, there was a lot, and he, including myself, you know, people outside of the top 20, you know, and, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's the case anymore. And I think it'd be very hard to leave him on the board that long. So, I mean, right, you you mentioned, right, the, the scoring in Austin Matthews. Of course, Austin Matthews was like almost a calendar year younger. Uh, yeah, you do have true. to kind of throw that in there. Fair. And Austin Matthews is literally one of the five best players in the NHL right now. So we don't expect Gabe Pro to be one of the five best players in the NHL at any uh, point. But still, I mean, you, you don't just rack up that many points on accident. That's not like a fluky thing just to be that uh, score that many points. So what do you think is the one thing kind of holding uh, Pro back to being, you know, uh, talked about more in this draft class. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a couple of things. The first thing is, uh, skating. Um, mm-hmm. and that's probably going to be the primary thing that you hear a lot. And it's not just the, you know, the, the skating itself, but it's also skating and not being that big, you know, he's about five eleven, Um, and you know, that's while average, you know, like average, you know, or just slightly, slightly below average for the NHL. Um, and not like, you know, you wouldn't call him small. It's that combined with, you know, average-ish, maybe below average skating. Um, I think his skating has improved quite a bit in the last year. But, you know, about average skating, it makes it a little bit tougher. You say, how, you know, can he can he do it? He thinks the game at an NHL pace without question. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's the 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 way that you could say, okay, well, maybe, maybe he can mitigate some of the the issues that exist for a player of his size and his skating ability with that incredibly intelligent mind um, and uh, and and the way that he's, he plays and, and the decisions that he makes with the puck. But I think, you know, when it com- comes down to it is, you know, how is it going to be when, when there's less time and space? How is he going to be when he's got to get into the dirty areas? Um, you know, it doesn't have tremendous physical strength. He's stronger than he was last year, but doesn't have, you know, amazing strength at this point. Um, and so that's why you see often that he is behind Will Smith and Ryan Leonard, despite being so far ahead in points. So, um, you know, I think that, the, that in a lot of rankings of this team, mm-hmm. when we talk about the four players that would go in the first round, very often Gabe Perot would be the fourth name you'd get after the two guys we mentioned and Oliver Moore. Um, not anymore. Like, I think like not universally, that is no longer true. It's not, it's not that. Um, he wouldn't be on some teams boards because he would, you know, be, be lower, but you know, and, and it comes back to that, that size skating, you know, it's just the physical package is different for him, um, relative to what he has, you know, basically with the hockey sense and the skill. How do you have those four kind of ranked right now? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of 
juggled. I mean, I, I think right now for me, it's, you know, pretty consistently Will Smith has been the top guy for me. Um, I know that's not, again, you know, even, even as good as he's been not 100% universal at this yep. point, even after his incredible performance, but you go, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, um, and you know, I'm really waffling still. I haven't made my final draft rank. It's still waffling between Moore and Perot because I think Perot has you know tremendous offensive upside. But when I look at the two players, you know, Moore is probably the best skater in the draft. He doesn't match in hockey sense um, or skill, but you know, he's he's got a really complete all around game that I think helps. And so that's why it's hard for me to say that. But I mean, like we're talking about four guys that could potentially go within the first 15 picks of the draft all from the same team um and three guys all from the same line so it's pretty rare to have something like that university of michigan's like whatever we've done this before so uh, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly we're used to this thing but yeah now boston college is like now it's our turn all right guys before we continue up with chris uh we uh continue our profile on perot kind of his timeline where he kind of fits in you know just finishing up with Gabe Pro, And then at the end, we talk about uh, just some guys who are underrated in Chris's eyes going into this draft. Uh, do need to take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our friends over at Indeed. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. They streamline hiring with powerful tools that can match you uh, with uh, qualified candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data USA. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applicants that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform. Uh, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Telenest 2019. So start hiring now with a $75 job sponsor job credit to upgrade your job posts at uh, indeed.com slash locked on. Offer uh, good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed yeah so he's going to go to boston college uh you, you mentioned he's going to go to boston college um we, we talked about last time where it's, it kind of feels like a lot of players are especially first round guys are kind of doing the two years and done is that kind of what you expect from from him is being two years and then signing his elc yeah i mean i think that because there's uh, a need for him to continue to build strength and and to continue to get reps against older stronger competition you know, I think it's at least two years for him. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I think that there's still the skating still needs to improve. I think he needs to develop some power in his lower half in order to, you know, kind of play some of the the way that he does. Um, and that will help. Going to college will help. He'll get that time in the weight room. He'll also get a chance to, you know, play with, with the guys that he's used to playing with, um, which will help ease the transition. But I think he just needs – he needs time. Um You know, I don't think he's a – I don't think he's a short-term NHL guy. Um mm -hmm even though, you know, I think his, his hockey sense operates at an NHL level already. So we'll see if the body catches up a little bit. Um, and you know, whether it's one, two, three years in college, um, that kind of is dictated by what he does while there. So, uh, it's tough to predict at this point, you know, I think he's at least two year guy. 
Um, that does seem to be, you know, the way things are going with guys, you know, staying a minimum of two years before making a decision. So, yeah. So I think that's probably where we're at here. All right. Well, you know, he sounds, we, the Sharks do have a lot of these high IQ guys, right? You know, Thomas Bordalo spent a couple of years in college. How would you kind of compare Bordalo versus Perot's game, right? We know Bordalo, short king, um, high hockey IQ. How, how would you kind of compare the two? Well, I think that, I think Gabe finishes plays better. Um, I yep. think Thomas has has um, a more dynamic skill package. Like that's the amazing thing about Gabe Perot is he is skilled and he mm-hmm. can make you miss, but he beats you more with his mind than he does with his hand skills. Whereas I think Thomas Bortolo beats you more with his hand skills. Um, he does have good hockey sense. I think he's a better overall, like more a little more defensively responsible and a little mm-hmm. better off the puck. Um, you know, he's obviously, a, you know, a center. Well, you know, he. I think he still can be a center um, with his. I think he's more dynamic at, at center. We, we, we've seen. Yeah, like he's yeah, played a lot exactly. of wing, and he just disappears a little bit. With yeah, the I think yeah. I think he's a guy that needs so, the puck a lot. Sorry, and also, yeah, no, I think he's the guy that needs the puck a lot, and um, and that's the same of Gabe Gabe Perot. But Gabe, the thing about Gabe is he doesn't hold on to it too long. He always makes the right decision to get rid of it when it needs to be gotten rid of, and. You know, I think Thomas likes to extend plays as much as he can. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I mean, you know, I think they are definitely there's there's some similarities in terms of their overall game. But, um, you know, I think that you get just a tiny bit of dynamic like dynamism, you know, with 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 uh, like that dynamic element that Thomas Bortolo brings. And whereas, you know, you've got a dynamic mind in 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 Perot. So I think that's the separator between the two. All right. And then, so, you know, we, we talked about his timeline and stuff. Um, You know, what, where do you kind of see Perot kind of topping out as when he gets to the NHL? Is he kind of like a second liner, middle six guy? Is there a chance he could be a top line forward if everything go, breaks right? Where do you kind of see him topping out? Yeah. I mean, I think that if he's going to make it, he's got to, it's going to have to be in a, you know, a high, an upper lineup role where he's dictating mm-hmm. and he has the puck a lot and he's getting big minutes and he's, distributing and he's playing you know you want to make sure that he's got good guys around him um yep. guys that, that can that can convert on what he does because i think he did make both ryan leonard and will smith better this year unquestionably because he always knew where they were going to be and he was able to get it there when they needed it when they needed it right when they needed it um and that's a that's why he put up so many points this year is is that it was just he's spotting plays and he's making them um the ability to like, you know, is he a, is he a true play driver? That's a, that's a big question. Is he, is mm. he going to drive play or is he more of a guy that, you know, you've got, you know, Will Smith was going to be the guy that was often going to take the puck into the zone. Even, you know, I think you'd even see a lot of carries from Ryan Leonard too into the zone and, and, and you kind of like Gabe kind of disappear in there and then he'd find a space and then make a play, you know? So I think that you need to make sure that you're surrounding him with good talent um, because he will make them better. You know, I think the best case scenario for me, just because of the pace and, and other things, like I think it's more more likely than not that he's he's going to be, you know, a second line or a secondary scoring piece as opposed to a primary scoring piece on a team. Um, you know, so that there's that too, and it's just you know for him, it's going to come down to gaining strength, gaining confidence. Um, I mean, I think he has tons of confidence, but just you know, gaining it against the older, stronger competition, and then just being able to, you know, every time it ramps up a little bit, being ready to ramp up with it. Sounds like a perfect fit with one uh, Eklund, comma William, a guy who can. <laughs> well, you know, William can kind of like drive the play, and then we know William's working on his finishing, but not quite, 
quite there. And having a guy like Gabe Perot, who can we we know he can finish, uh, it feels like those two would kind of be a little bit of a match made in heaven, right? Yeah, I mean, they certainly could be. I think that they they, they both think the game at a pretty high level. You know, I, I think one of the things that always stood out to me about William Eklund was his his vision, um, mm-hmm. you know, and his ability to see plays. And if you know that that's what I think made Will Smith and Gabe Perot so dominant together. You know, where they're putting up, you know, two hundred, almost two hundred sixty <laughs> points. You know, like, you know the 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 ability to find each other, the ability to find space and the ability to get, you know, to, to have the confidence to make the plays that they made. Um, that to me is, is probably one of, one of the real defining factors of their entire, their entire, you know, just season. And, you know, yeah. So you want guys that can think the game and convert on the plays that Gabe's making because he's typically, not only does he know what he has to do, he knows what you have to do, yep. which I think is so amazing. Um, you know, and, and, and that, you know, he'll have to, there will obviously be adjustment when it's not Will Smith on the other end of that pass or Ryan Leonard on the other end of that pass. Um, but the reason they work so well together is because of that vision and understanding of offense. And um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think in terms of fit, yeah, that, that could make, that could make a lot of sense, especially if you can find a nice big power winger to play with them. All right, guys, before we finish up with Chris and then we start uh, talking about some of, players who he thinks are underrated in this year's draft, especially the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. I do want to take a quick break, talk to you guys about our old, old friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to the best tasting protein bar on the market. You have to try Built Bar. Um, great thing about them is each one of them covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you dig into the analytics, you dig into the stats, um, you know, each one has only got 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Um, so it's good for you. And the taste per 60 is off the charts. So they're also going to make it super easy for you now. If you're like me and you hate waiting for things to come in the mail, you can swing over to your local Walmart or Sam's Club today to grab a box at Walmart. They have a four-hour box of different flavors like uh, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or a coconut puff. Or swing over to Sam's Club, grab a 13-bar box of flavors like brownie, but, uh, brownie batter puff and churro puff. Or if you don't like leaving the house and you want a whole variety uh, to choose from, check out Built.com. Uh, plenty of great flavors. They have new flavors coming all the time. I like the variety box just in case one day you are feeling cookies and cream or one day you are feeling, you know, a little cherry, uh, whatever you want. Or if you don't know which one's your favorite, head over to built.com, Walmart, or Sam's Club today to try out Built Bars. Um, before we finish up, I uh, wanted to, to get your thoughts on some of the draft as we're kind of starting to creep a little bit closer here. Um, you know, we, we've kind of most seasons have kind of finished up where we're, uh, you know, U18s are done. We're starting to kind of get get closer, start finalizing things. So uh, which player in the back end of the, the first round, beginning of the second round, do you think is being underrated right now? Well, I think it's going to he's been underrated. And now I think it's going to stop because of. <laughs> the way that the under 18 worlds went for him. But I think Tom Vlander uh, from, uh, from, from Sweden um, is going to be a, you know, pretty high pick at this point. He's got, you know, he's, he's a little like average size for a defenseman, but an incredible skater, excellent defensively offensive numbers are okay. Mm. Um, You know, he's not, he doesn't blow you away with skill, but he's got some fluidity in his skating and, 
he's just he's just a very stout defender and i think that you know we've we've continued to see guys like you, you know some of the guys that have come into the league recently jake sanderson brock faber guys that are able to take care of their own zone and have really great skating ability guys that close gaps well guys that protect the front of the net well um that's that's kind of what i think Vlander is and in a year where we don't expect a ton of a ton of um you know high-end defensemen it allows guys like him to kind of creep further up the boards because they're like hey you know we're looking for defense we're looking yep. for you know we're looking for somebody and he checks so many boxes um so i think that's a guy that is going to uh come out and and he's actually you know, sharks ties. We're always going to bring up the BU ties, but Tom Vlander is actually committed to go to Boston University next year. <laughs> Obviously, not super common for like first round yeah. caliber guys to go the college route out of Sweden, mm-hmm. but he's apparently going. So that is Mike Greer Capnet, a Swedish college guy. Like, what more could you want? Really? I know. It's just like, yeah, BU is number like, one on the board. Let's go. I'll, I'll tell you, I can tell you with pretty clear certainty that david quinn would absolutely love that player um mm. you know i think he plays that brand and and because he, he's got you know he's, he defends but he plays with quickness and pace and he's got you know there's a lot of a you know there's a lot of uh uh you know grind grind to him as well uh in addition to having some of those those higher end traits all right anybody else you know we just had u18s who else from the u18s really kind of solidified their draft spot in your your opinion um you know i think that uh dalibor Dvorsky had just a tremendous under 18 worlds and the you know there's been talk about him slipping out of the top 10 um i think it's unlikely at this point i think that mm-hmm. that tournament was a reminder to all of us that have been watching him for the last three years because you know he's he bursts onto the or two years you know he bursts onto the scene as an underager at the Holinka Gretzky scores you know goal for goal with Mitchkov um and you know just unbelievable offensive player this year the numbers weren't really there in the Alsvenskin then he goes to the under 18 world you know he was fine at the world juniors it wasn't amazing but mm-hmm. you know Slovakia was good and he was good enough and but it wasn't amazing i think the under 18 worlds he was amazing i think there was a in the most important games of that tournament, he performed at his best. And, um, you know, Slovakia ends up bouncing uh, Finland. They lose to the U.S. in the in the semifinal. Um, and then they put, you know, had Canada on the ropes in the bronze medal game. They were very, mm-hmm. you know, about a minute away from winning the bronze medal and having their first medal at that event in over 20 years. Um, and they don't go even close to that without Dalibor Dvorsky. So I, I think that that is a player to me that that's the kind of guy that you look to build around, uh, you know, that not, not, you know, for Slovakia Mm -hmm. for an NHL team, he's a good piece. He's a guy that can probably slot into the middle of your lineup. Um, He's got good two way capabilities. He's got better details off the puck. He's a shooter. Um, You know, he can find spaces and, as we saw the under 18 worlds, he could take over games. I think the, the stat that I saw, um, and I, so I'm not immediately remembering who shared it, but the stat that I saw was like, he basically was involved in nine consecutive Slovakia goals. Um, <laughs> you know, so that was, you know, he's I think he scored five of them or six of them. And that's, you know, that's just at those tournaments, you need a player like that. And we needed yep. to see a player that could do that. Yep. Um, so I feel like he's a guy that said, Hey, yeah, I'm still top 10 caliber. All right. And then, um, which guy that's 
kind of in that, you know, that's kind of same ranking. Are you kind of a little puzzled by, by where he's kind of being ranked right now? Yeah, I think the, you know, and this, this also is kind of using the under 18 worlds as a bit of a gauge. Yep. Um, but, you know, I think Andrew Crystal uh, is one of the guys that has been divisive all year long because you look at the scoring, you look at what he does throughout uh, the entire WHL season for Kelowna. I mean, mm. unbelievable stuff. Just an outstanding young player um, at the WHL level. But he's not a great skater. He's undersized. You know, there's there's those – again, it's that combination. You can be one or the other. You really can't be both typically. Both, yeah. um, you know, and so the thing is, is that his offensive brain activates in a way where you just say, okay, well, he can make he, – he sees it. He spots the plays. He can make the plays. Um, but, you know, it, it, to me, it's going to be really difficult to use an early first-round draft pick on a player that has enough question marks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the, that's the something that I definitely think, you know, I I like I, – I, you know, I, I don't enjoy saying this about players, you know, because, you know, it's like you're, you're – you're slagging the player, but I was like, this guy's probably still going to go in the first round. He's still a good player. Yep. It's not, it's, it's just that the risk, you know, I think about things in terms of risk, especially when I'm doing the very top of my draft board. Why do we spend so much time on the top of our draft boards? Because that is where the biggest mistakes could be made. If you're not doing your due diligence, yep. um, you know, those top 50 and that's where, if you are an NHL team and you miss on those picks, see you later, you're out of a job. So, that's where, you know, I would have a hard time accepting the risk that comes with a player like that. So that's that's why I think he's probably got to be a little bit further down the board. There are probably some teams that don't even have him on their first round. I think mm. that he could be a back half of the first round guy. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think that any chance of him going in the top 15 to 20 um, has has lowered in the last couple of weeks here. Maybe a good swing for a guy, a team who has two first round picks type of sure. thing where you 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 kind of you hit your home run and then you take another massive swing uh with your with your second pick. And it's like if this guy works out, amazing. If not, uh you know, we'll yeah. try to figure something out. Yeah, as long as he's not too far down your board. Like you just, yeah. you know, if 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 you're saying, Hey, like we like him enough to take a risk, then yeah, go for mm-hmm. it. But yeah, but that's you still have even even in the back half of the first round, you're still expecting to get an NHL player. And he doesn't have a surefire NHL profile, right? You know, so that's that's the thing where you you weigh that, and that's why there are going to be some teams that just say no. All right, we'll get you out here in the last question. Where in the draft does Gabe Pro go? That is a that is a great question. I think that's the mystery. I I I believe that Gabe Pro will go in the like the fourteen to seventeen range. I think that All he's right, more. So I Pittsburgh, yeah. Nashville, Calgary, and Montreal. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm sure Montreal would go for the uh, the son of Yannick Perot there, um, you know. But no, I'm just, you know, I think maybe, 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 maybe not. They've got a lot of size issues at the moment, um, you know. So that's another thing to kind of think about. Although they, you know, they've addressed that some in some ways. Kirby Doc, mm-hmm. Slutkovsky, you know, th- that kind of thing. But, but yeah, but I mean, I think that you know. So you want a specific team? <laughs> just give me a number. I was trying to match the team. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think I, I really, you know, I think that he's probably just you know, inside the top 20, you know, in that 14 to, uh, I feel most conservatively placing him in 14 to 17 ranges is, is fair. Um, I think that, you know, the skating and the, and the size situation will probably put him back. 
you know, he could go before Oliver Moore. There's a chance Oliver Moore goes later than those, you know, those numbers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, like it's, yeah, there's a lot there to, to think about. He's an intriguing player. I have no doubt in my mind that he's gonna, that he's gonna be a, be a, a player. You know, he's gonna be a guy that you're excited to have. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, he's gonna have plenty more work to put in in the next couple of years in order to put himself in the best position possible to be uh, an everyday NHL player. Chris, you said it all. Where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find uh, flowhockey.tv. A lot of draft coverage coming up there. We also got a lot of draft profiles on our YouTube page, um, including uh, not yet released, but very soon on Gabe Perot, um, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Trey Augustine, Adam Fantilli, Gavin Brindley. We got a bunch um, that are coming out or have already come out. Um, so that's a, just Flow Hockey on YouTube. Definitely subscribe to that channel. Going to be a lot more draft coverage and content there. Uh, the podcast is Talking Hockey Sense, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube um, and Flow Hockey. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the best place to get me. And then on Twitter, at Chris M. Peters, uh, which uh, is on the screen. So, uh, yeah, at Chris M. Peters is uh, is there for plenty of uh, draft analysis. Uh, plan to be in Nashville. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it feels like these draft years have just blended all together. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting down there and, and having a good time. Yes, I'm. I'm very excited. It's gonna be my first draft, so I'm, I'm really excited to go. So it's a good time. Uh, good time. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nashville. I think I can't think of a better place. So, uh, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, we'll catch you again soon. And yeah, yep. Thanks, JD. Great to be with you. All right, guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening to uh, my conversation with Chris Peters. Um, yeah, Gabe Perot. They sound like he could have potentially been there for the Devils pick. Uh, I don't know now. It, it looks like he might have worked himself into the top 15 of this draft. Uh, we're going to spend some time this week discussing um, what the Devils pick and the Sharks second round pick, if they wanted to move up where that would get them. Um, but I don't know if Gabe Perot is that guy that you want to kind of spend those two picks on, especially for the Sharks. So um, we're going to be discussing that this week. We're also going to be, so yeah, we'll be looking at the history of trade-ups um, later on this week. Uh, tomorrow, of course, we'll discuss the fallout of the Sharks, uh, the draft lottery and where the Sharks are actually going to be picking. I'm going to be talking about, of course, uh, Bob Father's latest top 12 and Will Smith jumping up to number three now and where that puts the Sharks. Uh, so plenty of, of stuff coming along this week as we focus on the draft with another draft profile coming this week as well. Uh, ben Jordan is going to be joining, is scheduled to join this week to talk about Oliver Bonk. Um, so plenty of plenty of draft coverage continuing here at Locked on Sharks. Make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. Um, you, of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole. And again, plenty of draft stuff. Pray, pray to the draft gods for uh, the Sharks to move up one or two. I would be happy with either. But if you're picking four, just don't move down, right? If you're picking four, you're still going to have a great time. So, um, let us let us pray, focus our energy um, to the ping pong balls. So uh, until tomorrow, best of luck tonight. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye, friends.